0: So great to see you today. I don't know how things work in your house, but in my house, every once in a while we call a family meeting, and we all gather around the, the kitchen table, and we get our calendars out and get on the same page. Or maybe we there's some big announcement coming. We need to let everybody in on it. <clears throat> or maybe there's an attitude problem in the. I know you don't have attitude problems in your house, but. Um, I'm the father of three teenage girls, and so I get an attitude sometimes uh, because of that. For whatever, various reasons, uh, we'll call, and, and I, I say we, I mean, my wife calls a family meeting, and my wife runs the family meetings, <clears throat> and it's only the ladies who are laughing. The husbands aren't, they're like, yep, wife runs it in our house too. Um, I just second whatever she says, yes, what mom said, yes. Uh, as a church, sometimes we need to just have a family talk, right? So I uh, got the stool out, and t- today's just kind of a family talk. I know some of you, it's your first time here, second time, third time. You're not sure you want to be in this family, but uh, for the next 30 minutes or so, just be in the family, or I will let you be in the family. I mean, look around. We, we let a lot of people in the family. It's are questionable. <laughs> So you can be in a family for 30 minutes, uh, and, and it's kind of a biblical thing uh, in, in a more specific way. The Bible often speaks of the church as a family. It says, hey, we're brothers and sisters. God's our Father through Christ, and so we're all a family, and so we relate to one another as a family, and, and we treat each other like, like family. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, uh, verse 20, Paul writes, uh, therefore, verse 18, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In other words, be nice to everybody, but there's a special relationship in the family. Like you take up for each other in the family. You're on each other's side. You protect people in your family. Um, you, you, you may call your brother names, but nobody else can do that, right? You, you can pick on your sister, but nobody else better pick on your sister. Uh, that's the way families are. There's special... Uh, relationship that you have with one another. Peter writes in 1 Peter 2.17, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, which is kind of interesting that he's commanding you to love your family. He's reminding you, hey, love each other. And and if you're in a family, which is all of us, you can relate, right? Because you love your family and, and sometimes you want to do great bodily harm to your family at the same time, right? Like, I'm going to kill you. But we're family. We're, we're tight. And if you're a parent, you have to remind your kids of that, right? You love your brother, okay? Remember, don't hit her. Stop calling them names. We love each other. You, you, you got to remind the family that we love each other, that we care about. We care about each other, not just as kids. Um, let's be honest. As adults, you got to remind yourself, okay? We're family. We're just, right, you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your family. We got to love each other. Um, because if we were honest, they're members of our family that if they weren't our family, we would not hang out with them. We would not go to dinner with them. They would not come in our house. We would not keep their kids. We don't let them keep our kids, even though we are family. I mean, even within family, right, you would not vacation with them except that you're family. You would not spend Christmas with them except they're family. That's the way family is. You know, you're not the same, you got some quirks, but you're family. Peter says, hey, you got to love the family. And at Journey, well, this is a good time to, to remind us, not just that we got to love the family, we, we, we do a pretty good job for that. I mean, we're, we're only a year old, we don't really know who the weird uncles are yet in our family, right, I got a pretty good idea, but um, we we don't know everybody's quirks. We're only a year into this, but it's a good time to to remember, man, God's been doing great things in our family. Uh, If you've been here for a year, a year ago, we didn't even have two services. We were still, end of July, one year ago, we're still in one service, we didn't have signs, you remember that? We were praying, the signs got here before launch Sunday. We're two weeks away from the one year anniversary of our public launch. Some of us had been meeting before that, but uh, we, we let the secret out to the whole community and our signs came in and our parking signs and <clears throat> we let everybody know, sent the mailer out. We had not started the Geronimo series, which was our launch series a year ago, if you were here for that. None of that had happened. And in a year, we've gone from one service to two services. We've seen baptisms. We've started small groups. We didn't have any small groups a year ago. Launched those in that year. We've experienced first together, first Christmases, and uh, first baby dedications, and first baptisms, and uh, huge Master Day at Easter, and multiple other days. We were like cramming people in because of the crowds. Just incredible time we've experienced over the past year. And, and the great thing is all of that's been a family win. It's been about us. It, it hasn't been a kin win, which sounds kind of funny. It hasn't been a kin win. It hasn't been a Jono win, which doesn't sound as good as a kin win. But it hasn't been a staff win. It's been a, it's been a family win. One of the things that, that makes it a family win is so many of you have been a part I mean, you came in and you found some way to serve, or you found something you could do, or a place to belong, or a small group to join, or a, a, a kid's ministry to, to plug into, or you're going to lead a small group in, small, in uh, student ministry, or an adult small You just found places to get plugged in. If you follow me on social media, you remember last weekend, I was at a family reunion, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday. Um, Hashtag my family reunions better than yours if you were following along with the hashtag. Um, Admittedly, I romanticized our family reunion just a little bit. I only showed you the really good parts. We actually stay at a 4-H camp. This is our 49th year. Um, We're in Valdosta. So it's 130% humidity, 212 heat index, and swarms of gnats the whole time we're down there. Uh, it, it's a 4-H camp. It hasn't been updated since we've been there, I don't think. And so, I mean, I, rem- I, I only showed you the good parts. One thing about our family reunion is, as soon as everybody area area, it's where everybody signs up to do stuff to make the weekend work because that's what family does. You sign up to cook Friday night's meal or clean up after Saturday morning's breakfast. You sign up to wipe down the tables or wash dishes or sweep the floor. You. Everybody does their part because that's what family is. Family is everybody doing their part. And church family is the same way. Part of the beauty of the past year is so many wonderful, talented, giving, committed people have come into Journey and says, Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. It's one of the things I brag about Journey the most is how people just find things to do here. They don't wait necessarily to be asked all the time. They, they don't wait for somebody to say, hey, we need this. If they see something that needs to be done, people just do it. It's been beautiful the past year. And if, if you're not a part of that yet, if you're not signing up on the, on the family poster board, you could do that today. I mean, that's why we gave you that volunteer sheet. Find a spot. Be a part. Be a part of the win that is, that is journey. Fill that out. Say, so, yeah, I'll try it. I don't know what that is, but I'll try that and tell me what to do. We'll partner you with people. That's part of the joy of being here is realizing you're on the team. You're in the family. You're playing a role. Now, since we started Journey, we've, we've had several themes, but two of the really dominant themes I want to talk about today, and that'll lead us into some, some information that we need to share with you today. One of them comes from Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. It's, it's the verse God led me to as I was praying about starting this church and whether we should make that step or not. It was about three thirty, four 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm reading through Exodus, and I come to Exodus 23, verse 20. God's speaking to Moses, and he says, See, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I've prepared. You don't know what's ahead, but I'm already out there. I'm already preparing that place, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm bringing you to this place that I am preparing, and from the very beginning, we've just trusted God with that. We've, we've just believed. We don't exactly know what's going to happen next, but God does, and God's leading, and we're going to follow Him. and. So he provided a place for us when we needed a place. He provided chairs for us, and then when we needed more chairs, he provided more chairs. And provided you as you've given of yourself and your gifts and your ministry. Uh, we needed a worship letter. Uh, uh, we needed a worship leader, and beyond what we could have asked for, God provides Jeffrey Scott. And it's just done amazing things over the last year and growing our worship ministry, leading us into God's presence. And I've had the conversation with some of you in talking about Jeffrey. Uh, you'll come and after your first visit or two and we'll be talking and you'll go, now what is he doing here? As if a really great worship leader wouldn't want to come work here with me. Is it, that's the implication I've always taken from that statement that many of you have made. But my answer is always, I I don't know what he's doing here. He's just here. Can we just enjoy that he's here? God put in Jeffrey's heart a, a desire to be a part of this. He believes that God is at work here, and he wants to help us grow and lead us, and it's just been unbelievable what he's brought to our church. And then 11 months ago, God brings Jono and Heather Long and their family to our church, and... They begin to lead our children's and youth ministry, and again, beyond what we would have imagined, growth in children's ministry, growth in student ministry, added Wednesday night uh, programming during the school year for our kids' ministry, had our first Walk This Way Kids Summer Jam, just tons of kids and tons of volunteers this past summer. God just keeps doing it. He just keeps providing what we need next over and over again. So, so there's this idea that, yeah, God's going to lead us, God's preparing, and then there's this other theme for us as journey, that our goal, our mission, is to help people take their next step toward Christ, it's to come alongside people, and to to be in their life, and to influence them, and to love them, and to be friends with them, and and to help them go from where they are, wherever that is, where they are spiritually, to the next step. And then to the next step, whether they believe in God or not, or whether they've been in church for 50 years, wherever we are, all of us, myself included, we have a way to to move closer to Christ. And at Journey, we think that's kind of what we're here for. To meet people where they are, love them where they are, and then say, hey, we're, we're all trying to be more like Christ. Come go with us. How, how can you do that? How can we help you do that? And what, and what we've learned, what we realize, is that in order to do that, we have to provide environments that keep people connected long enough to take that next step. We have to provide ministry opportunities and space and and engaging worship so that people stay around long enough for us to build those relationships. Because the truth is, nobody goes from zero to ten in a day spiritually. Nobody does. Nobody goes from zero to ten in a week or a month or a year. For all of us, it's this ongoing process of becoming more like Jesus. And that takes time. And most of us, spiritually, we're going to take one or maybe two steps in our spiritual life in a year. We're going to take one or two big steps. And, and the other places in our life, hopefully we're being encouraged and and, and and we're growing somewhat in those, but those really big spiritual moments, they don't come along every day. So what we want to do is we want to provide ministry and a schedule and and opportunities and environments that people say, yeah, I want to hang around there. Yeah, I want to stay around there. So when that moment comes for them, we get to be a part of it. We get to help them with that step. And, and, And that idea has triggered a lot of thinking on our part. We've been trying to think, all right, going into year two, how do we do that better? We don't think that we figured it all out in the first year and now we just kind of have to maintain everything. We just have to kind of do it all over again in year two like we did in year one. We're asking ourselves, how do we keep people engaged? How do we keep connecting with people? How do we keep loving people? How do we make sure that we're doing things at the right time and in the right way so that when people come in, they stay with us so that when that moment comes for them to take a spiritual step, we're there with them. And that's led us to make some decisions, to kind of adjust course in a couple of areas. And I want to mention those to you this morning. I'll try to go as quickly as I can. Um, One of them relates to our student ministry. As I said, our students have just blown up since Jono's been leading our family ministry. But like a lot of churches, what we've recognized is uh, we're doing Youth ministry, focused youth ministry on Wednesday nights, and there are no activities anymore that respect Wednesday night as some big church night. There's just not. If you have kids who play baseball or they're in the band or they play soccer or dance or gymnastics or swimming or or any activity, chances are they're practicing on Wednesday night or they're playing on Wednesday night or something's happening. On Wednesday night. And so what? as Jono and I have talked the past few months, what we've realized is there's this percentage of students that we have no chance to influence if we keep doing this on Wednesday night. We just don't have any chance. Plus, it's the middle of the week, and there's homework and papers and tests, and students are bogged down with that, and Wednesdays have worked well, but we just have this huge block of students... That we know when all the activities kick back up, they're gone for six months. They're gone for three months. Some of them are gone all the time on Wednesday nights. And so one of the changes we're going to make starting next week is instead of focusing our youth big ministry on Wednesday night, we're going to move it to Sunday afternoons at four. Because we think that'll give us an opportunity to be in the lives of some of these students that we're missing on a more consistent basis, speaking into their life, building relationships with them. So if you're the parent of a teenager, just make a note. Starting next Sunday, 4 o'clock is when the games are going to happen and Jono's going to teach and music and all that stuff that's happening on Wednesday night is going to start happening on Sundays. now. When small groups start in the fall, the youth are going to have a small group activity on Wednesday nights. There'll still be something for them. If you come as a family to Wednesday night and you have a a younger child in the kids' ministry and you're going to go to a small group, there's going to be a place for your teenager on Wednesday night. It's just that our big youth ministry inferences is shifting to Sundays at 4. So youth ministry has exploded Children's ministry has exploded. We've added all of these activities. We have all of these new families and new kids and new volunteers. And both of those are being led by the same person. And that's starting to get taxing because that same person also is heavily involved in our website, in our social media presence, in our graphics, and making sure the screens are ready for Sunday morning. And by heavily involved, I mean he does all of that. Um, And that's Jono, our family pastor. And he's done a phenomenal job. But what we've realized is he's grown them both so much that they're kind of reaching a level where one person by themselves can't continue to grow both of those ministries. It's just humanly impossible. And this would not have been a problem if he had not done such a good job over the past (laughs) 11 months, right? Like if Jono had been a slacker... For the past 11 months, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but it's hard, and, and Heather working with him, and pouring into the lives of teenagers, and building structure in our children's ministry, we've just seen this growth, and we want Jono to live to see a couple more birthdays, and, and so we prayed about it, and and we, we don't feel really we're we're at the point where we can bring on another full-time staff because of some other decisions we're having to make. We don't feel like we can just say, oh, let's go hire a full-time preschool children's," But we began to pray, God, show us who's already here that might could take more leadership, could take some things off of John o, could could bring energy and creativity and leadership to our preschool and children's area on a part-time basis and free John O up a little more to oversee that, but really pour into our student ministry. And as we prayed and prayed and, and watched what was happening and, and look for somebody that was bought in and here from the beginning, we felt absolutely led to Sean Richards, who has been here from the beginning. If you go ahead, give her give her a big hand. Sean, Sh- come on up so everybody sees. You. If you have kids in the children's menu, if you're checking kids in every week, you know Sean because again, she's been here from the beginning. She's worked tirelessly behind the scenes, details, organization. It was such an obvious choice if she were willing. Uh, Sean's a school teacher, great school teacher, and so we prayed about it. We had her pray about it, and just feel like this is the perfect. Uh, this is the perfect relationship for right now for where we are and being able to free John O up and, and, and add more towards our preschool and children's ministry. And uh, Sean, we're looking forward to you working with us in this leadership role. You can be seated. Sean's, Sean's married to Scott. In addition to being uh, one of DeKalb County's finest, he's also a part of our security team. Uh, Carly is a student at UGA. Uh Ashland's a student at Loganville High School. And again, they've been here from the beginning. And they've been invested from the beginning. And we think this is the perfect way to move into fall ministry season is in, in this approach. So children's got some changes. Youth got some changes. What about the rest of us? Do the rest of us have any changes? A part of creating environments for people where they'll stick is making room for people. And uh, we, we're coming to the end of the summer, and so we've had vacations in, in and out. And, and we've had a little more space over the last two months. But if you were here back in May and April, uh, in that season, there were more than one time you came in and you had a hard time finding a seat, and our ushers had a hard time getting everybody in place. And if you're a guest, if you're a visitor and you come and there's that awkward, I don't know where to go and I don't know where to sit chances are you may not give us another chance. I mean, a part of connecting with people for the long haul so that we can help them with that spiritual step I was talking about is is making sure our environments are conducive to guest connecting with us. And we've thought for a long time, maybe if we shifted our service times a little bit, we we could make the early service a little more attractive if it were a little bit later. The problem, as I've discussed with some of you before, is we have another church directly across the street, and they were here first, um, and I have done everything I could do to not plan our services at the same time because, I don't know if you've noticed, we share a turning lane and i saw lots of car crashes if we both started at the same time. So that's that's kind of handcuffed us a little bit with trying some different service times. Tuesday i got word that starting on august 14th they're going back to one service at 10:30 which is when we start this service. Now they have a brand new pastor i'm not i'm not Accusing, I'm not mad at them. She probably doesn't even know we're over here. Um, they have a new pastor, and they feel like what's best for them is to go back to one service. So my first thought is, okay, car crashes. And then my second thought was, maybe this is the perfect time to try something. And um, I, I didn't tell the early service, but the mailer that you got, it was at the printer. It was about to be printed. And I called them, and we had like an hour before it would have been too late. But we, were, we managed to make the service time change on the mailer. So starting next Sunday, early service at 9:30, second service at 11. So that 9.30 is a little more convenient. You get 30 more minutes of sleep. Maybe we can move some of you to 9.30 so that... When guests get the mailer and people get back into routine and everybody's back in town from vacation starting next Sunday, we keep some space in this service for guests because we want to connect to them for the long haul and help them with their next spiritual step. So beginning next Sunday, with the launch of this series, we'll have 9, 30, and 11. Now two things, they're not switching until the 14th, so be very careful when you drive in next Sunday. Just watch for cars coming next Sunday. Um, second thing is, one of the things I love about Journey, and some of you have been at places, other places with me before, uh, this is not negative about them, but I, I've been other places that I've been, if we were going to change service times, we would have had to start announcing it six months in advance, just so everybody would be ready. What I love about Journey is we found out on Tuesday, we're announcing it today, and we're changing next week. Now this, <laughs> That's how we roll, right? (laughs) Let's seize the moment. It's there. Let's do it. So next Sunday, if you come at 1030, we'll put you to work because you'll be here 30 minutes early, 930 and 11, starting next Sunday. Honestly, none of those are why we called this big announcement day. Most of those we didn't even know two weeks ago when we made this announcement. We didn't know the time change was going to happen. We were toying with the youth change. We were praying about Sean. Here's why we said we needed to talk today. We have, since March of 2015, uh, we've had a wonderful relationship with Uniting Hope for Children. That's the foster care agency that's buying this building and leases it out to different organizations. They have been so gracious to us. Wayne Noggle's a friend of mine. Uh, they have been incredibly gracious to allow us to get started here, to allow us to get organized, to get on our feet, to have some time to grow. Uh, they, they've been just fantastic. We, we will never be able to thank them enough. But we keep growing. And Uniting Hope for Children keeps growing. And they're placing more foster kids than any other agency in Georgia. They're the the largest foster care agents, private foster care agency in the state of Georgia. God is doing great things to care for foster kids through Uniting Hope. But with our growth and their growth, we're starting to run into each other. They need space that we're using, we need space that they're using. Children's ministry already having to do some weekly set-up and tear-down and have been for several weeks just to make it work. And so about three weeks ago, Wayne and I happened to run into each other on a Sunday night. I had to come back up here for something. Wayne was here, and we just got to talking. And Wayne said, I need to let you know that we're not going to be able to extend the current lease past December 31st, which is when our lease is up. And, and Wayne wanted us to know as far in advance as he could. He didn't want to give us a 30-day notice or a 60-day notice even. He said, look, I, I want you to know as soon as you can, we've just got to have more space. And so, obviously, that means January 1st, 2017, which is a Sunday, by the way, January 1st, 2017, we will be somewhere else. A couple things about that. One is um, this may be, matter of fact, I think this is God's way of pushing us forward. Because the reality is, it would have been comfortable to just keep making things work here. We could have done that, we could have hung out here for. Two or three years, we could have said, Hey, we're gonna wait till we can buy something or wait till we can buy land and build something. We're gonna just kind of hang here. And I think if we did that, we would have limited what God could have done. And this may be the the way God is saying, Look, I I don't wanna wait four years to grow you, to add to you, to increase your mission. I don't wanna wait three years. I don't wanna wait till you can get a bank loan. I've got something for you now, and I want you to go. I I really think this is God's way of saying it's time. I I think it's also a great opportunity for us to reach more people, to influence more people, to open our doors to more people. Not Not just size of space. I know that you're here and you're bought in and these things aren't barriers to you, but the reality is to some people, renting space that you share with somebody else in the back of what they all think of as a funeral home, (laughs) we can argue about whether that's right or wrong or they're not spiritual or they're, we can argue about it all day long. God has given us unbelievable growth, but the truth is, meeting where we meet is a barrier to some people. We don't have signage. We we don't have really good ways of letting people know that we're here. This step is a great opportunity for us to tear down some of those barriers, to be able to reach more people and love them and bring them in and, and help them become a part of our family. Because we now have a deadline. That sort of changes some things for us. We have been looking for over a year. Loganville is not blessed with tons of empty buildings that you can just go move into. It's just not. I ride around Lawrenceville and Snellville and even Conyers and other side of Atlanta. Everywhere I go, 10,000 square feet for lease right there. 10,000 square feet, 15,000 right there. It's like everywhere but here, it seems like there's all these buildings. There's not that many in Loganville. And and for the past year, a lot of our looking has been guided by now. Where would be the perfect place for us to be? be the perfect location with visibility and convenient to where everybody's coming from? What would be the perfect size? This would be the best size. Let's look for this size. What's the perfect amount of money to pay? What's the perfect rent? This is what we want. We've been, we've been able to stay around those parameters, not exclusively, but, but I mean, we wanted kind of the perfect thing. January 1st, 2017. We're not going to be here, which means we have to kind of expand what we're, we're looking for right now. And it may not be the perfect spot on 78 with lots of visibility. may not be. It might. may not be. It may be a little smaller than we think. It may be a little bigger than we think. We may have to pay a little more than we had hoped to pay. We won't do anything financially foolish, but... January 1st is coming, and it's going to get here really, really fast. So, perfect is now not the goal. It's, God, where do you want us that will get us through the next season of Journey's life? I know the question that uh, some of you have already, and you're anxious to ask it, are we going to be in a school? And what I can tell you honestly is I don't know if we're going to be in school. I I will say that that's our last option. We're going to exhaust every other option because some of us have done that. Some of us have been there and there's pros and cons. But especially with the growth of our student and children's ministry, it would be very difficult to continue that growth in a building that we could only be in for six hours a week. It would be very, very difficult. So, January 1st is coming. School is last option. I even have a principal that I have a relationship with. He would love for us to come to his school. And I've already said, if nothing else works out, (laughs) literally nothing else (laughs) works out. But January 1, we may be in a school temporarily. I'm praying not and would ask you to pray not. Here's what I need from you, though. Um, before I tell you that, there are some options available right now. We're not starting from ground zero right now. We may be back. We may be back to ground zero in two weeks. I don't know. But I mean, there are some things we're pursuing. The trustees and I have identified some things that we are pursuing. It's it's not at a point where we can start giving details because details are going to change over the next few weeks. But hopefully, in the next couple of Sundays. Uh, we won't take a whole service to do it, but, but we'll have some time maybe in between the services and share some details as they come available. Um, we, we have taken some steps, just like we have in the past. There, there have been multiple times where we've taken a couple of steps forward and then God's closed the door. We've pursued something we thought, okay, maybe we need to tell the church, and then it fell through. Uh, and, and this is not the first time we've tried to locate something. But we, we do have a, uh, one or two things out there that we're praying is the right thing. So that's what I need you to do. How do I need you to respond? I need you to be praying. I need you to pray for wisdom on all of our parts. I need you to pray for God to open doors. I need you to pray for favor That God would give journey favor in the eyes of somebody that owns a building. More than once, we have run into making the phone call and hearing they don't want to lease to a church because they've had bad experiences with churches. We need favor. We need somebody whose heart is open. We just need one of them. We just need one person that God would give us favor in their eyes. And so pray, pray for God's favor. Uh, pray for wisdom. God is preparing. God is going ahead of us. Second thing I need you to do, I need you to be involved and inviting. Okay. We are not treading water between now and January 1st. Right? We're not maintaining. We're not just, oh, I just hope we can get by. No, our ministry is still going. and Bigger than ever, more effective than ever, still going. Children's ministry still going. Student ministry still Small groups about to ramp back up. All of that's still going, which means we still need the family to to do their part. So get involved. Take that sheet that you were given. Circle something. Circle two things. Drop it in the offering bucket in just a minute. And then we need you inviting. This is a great time in the life of our church. So it's a good time to say to that neighbor or friend or person you work with or family member, hey, great things are happening in our church. I think you would like it. Would you come sit with me? I'll meet you. Let's go together. We handed everybody the mailer that's going to start hitting uh, Walton County mailboxes on Tuesday. This is our series that kicks off next Sunday. It's called Emoji, hashtag all the feels. You have one. You can give it to somebody. If you need to pick up 10 more, they're at guest services. We need you inviting, bringing people here. Give us the chance to get to know people and help them in their spiritual journey. So we need you involved and inviting. And then honestly, we need you giving. Uh, So many of you have been so faithful to support us financially, which allows us to be in such a good financial position as a church. But relocating is going to cost money no matter where we go. Even if we go to a school, we are not set up to be a portable church. It's going to cost money to get ready to be a portable church. Say it ain't so, God, okay? Okay. If we go into a building, we're going to have to renovate. We started a relocation fund back in December. Many of you gave uh, end of the year towards that. Many of you give monthly or weekly towards that. If not, I would encourage you to start. We're just estimating. We're we're probably going to need about $100,000 more than what we have to make this transition. And so maybe you could give $10 a week or $50 a week or $100 a month or $1,000 a month. or Maybe you can do a one-time gift of $10,000 or more. Whatever God puts on your heart, whatever you're led to do. But we've got to get financially ready. Just another component of this. We have grown incredibly. In church planter stories, this is phenomenal what's happened in a year. In the mind of banks, we're still a one-year-old church. So, borrowing from the bank is not a real option for us just because we don't have much giving history. So, God's people are going to have to respond to this. God's people are going to have to be invested in this as we make this move. So, pray about what God wants you to do. praying, involved and inviting, giving. It's pig for short, which is why I don't do acrostics. However you need to remember, this is what I need you doing. And I need you remembering, God's already gone before us. He's already prepared the way for where He's going to lead us. I am not anxious about this, and I don't want you to be either. I'm not worried. I'm not losing sleep. I trust God. I trust God's people. I know that He's going to lead us. We just have to faithfully follow And I know we're way late on time today. If you're a guest, we don't do this every Sunday. We just had a lot to say. But I want us to sing that good, good Father again, just as we're ending, to remind ourselves we're not in this alone. Like God didn't get us to year one, and now He's saying, okay, it's up to you now. We're being led by a good Father. Who wants people to come into the kingdom and wants our ministry to be effective? We can trust that. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to stand and sing. God, thank you that you have led us this far. Thank you that you have opened doors and directed choices and given us wisdom. and God, I pray that we would trust you to do that again. Exodus 23:20. You've gone before us. You've prepared a place. And you're going to protect us from here to there. Out of your goodness and your grace and your love and your mercy that we can fully trust. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please?